Hello, and welcome back to Everything All at Once with me, Francesca. I don't really have any life updates. I'm just going to jump right in today. Uh, it's that type of day. I'm jumping right in. I don't have any life updates other than the fact that I've been hit with an extreme anxiety wall. So maybe this will help me and maybe it will help you. So today's topic is exploring the idea of being lonely in college, how to navigate being lonely. So the first part, I'm just going to sort of discuss my experience with loneliness in college, different ways that I've encountered loneliness, and then the second part will be sort of advice, so what has helped me and what can hopefully help you. So I guess we can just jump right in. So a little bit of background into why I chose this topic because it's definitely prevalent and has been a large part of my life in these past few months. Right now, I go to school 3,000 miles away from my home, so I have no sort of normalcy or anything close to home here, and trying to find that has been really hard and challenging. So first, I just want to dive into, yeah, a little bit of background as to why I moved, because I think that context is important to understand why I feel so lonely and I'm experiencing some of the emotions that I have experienced over this past year. So when I was going through college applications, like I said in the last episode, I was very school-oriented. I was doing them all during the summer, but going into summer of senior year, this whole journey really started for me sophomore year when COVID hit, especially even in the beginning of sophomore year, even freshman year, throughout high school, I was having a really large mental health crisis and I didn't really recognize it until sophomore year, until COVID. COVID, basically I had a breaking point where I turned to my parents and I was like, listen, I need to go to therapy. Something needs to happen because... I feel like I don't want to be here anymore and I've never felt so strongly about that in my life because in the past you know like I would felt sad freshman year and I'd had moments of depression I now recognize as depression but at the time I just thought it was normal to hate yourself and maybe that's because of the dance background I had or all the sports that I was involved in gymnastics dance were very body focused body oriented and I think some of that definitely stems from those experiences and critiques that I would get from my teachers, from my instructors, but I wasn't able to identify it as depression or anxiety at the time. I just knew I was always stressed and I was sad and I thought that was normal and it wasn't until the pandemic that I realized that I need help. So I'm really grateful that I was able to reach out to my parents. My parents were supportive and they got me the help that I need and I know that's really hard for a lot of people and I'm really grateful that they were able to to support me and help me in that way, even though they can't really understand everything that I'm going through. The fact that they were able to get me the help that I need at the time, I don't think I'd be here without it. So I'm really appreciative of that. But anyways, I was, yeah, I recognized that I was extremely depressed and really anxious sophomore year. And the struggle sort of continued sophomore year, honestly, to the end of senior year. So I sort of People ask me, like, oh, like, what happened, like, this day, junior year, sophomore year, I blocked it all out. I only remember maybe a few bits and pieces, but I honestly forgot it all. And I think I trauma blocked. Is that a thing? Because I always wonder, can you really forget something? Can you really block something out of your memory? That's something I'm super curious about, but I'll have to explore that on my own. In my mind, I think that I have trauma blocked it. I just blocked it all away because I don't remember a lot of sophomore year, a lot of junior year, and the beginning of senior year. I don't remember a lot. It's just like very much bits and pieces. 
And I think that's because I was struggling so much. It's just sort of spirals of self-hatred and being really sad. And I was also going through another mental struggle that sort of was physically debilitating. And I, it was really hard for me to accept the help because at the time I was in such denial of the condition that I was in. I couldn't be bothered to be helped. I wouldn't listen to anybody. I was like, it's my way or the highway. I didn't really have a good relationship with my parents because of that. I was sort of trying to go through it by myself. I didn't want help in this other problem that I was dealing with. I didn't want help. I, my parents provided me help because they were like, you need help. You don't look well, which was true. But when you're in that fog, you can't see past anything but the disordered thoughts. And so I was sort of in that fog, sophomore to honestly middle of senior year. And I was in no position to be moving across the country or deciding that I was ready to move across the country because I was not. I should not have never been in that position. And my parents, I don't know if I would have been able to be as supportive as they were for me because my mentality going into the college admissions process was I'm going to get as far away from here as possible and all my problems will be fixed. Um, I won't be sad anymore and I will love myself and I will start this new life. It'll be great. I'll go to the beach all the time. I'll have so many new friends. They'll be just like me. California will mellow me out. Long story short, none of that happened. Um, my problems still exist here, very much so, if not amplified. But at the time, I didn't realize that any of this was going to happen. Obviously, no one can predict what's going to happen when you move 3,000 miles away from home. But in my mind, again, it was, I can't describe it as anything other than complete and utter tunnel vision. I was completely tunnel visioned. I'm, I'm so stubborn already. Then you put me in a horrible mental state. There's no getting through to me. It's like a fog. I cannot see past whatever the disordered thoughts are saying to me. It's really hard for me to see past that fog. It takes me a really long time. And I didn't really come to my senses until I came here. Not come to my senses. You know, it's taken me all year. Even still now, I blame myself a lot for where I am. I'm like, oh my god, it's your fault that you're unhappy. It's your fault that you're stuck in this position. It's your fault that you chose to move here. Like, this is on you, basically. And you know what? I guess this is me sort of saying that. It's, you. if you make mistakes, you know, yeah, it's your fault to a certain extent. It was my fault that I'm not my happiest here, but I have to be empathetic to myself. And I think a lot of people forget to do that when we make mistakes or we choose something that wasn't necessarily the best ask yourself what condition were you in when you made that choice i was in no mental state to make the choice to move across the country i was not talking to my parents that much i didn't have a relationship with my parents i thought they were horrible and they're not i because they didn't understand what i was going through but i also didn't communicate to them what i was going through so how could they understand i never really asked myself what was I in the right condition to make these choices, you know? Instead of blaming yourself so much, maybe be a little more empathetic to myself or to yourself and to myself. I've had to learn to be empathetic to this entire situation this whole year and it's still really hard for me to come to terms with and just be better for that per that broken person that I was in the beginning of last year and throughout high school. I don't I'm just like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Like, why do I think coming here would solve all my problems? But I have to tell that version of myself that it was okay. 
and you made those choices because you really thought it was going to help you. You thought that you were going to be in a new environment that would be supportive and that would help your anxiety. It didn't. I guess a way to frame it is that I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said anxious people work better in cafes because there's a lot of life around them and they can sort of distract themselves from their own thoughts and focus, which is contradictory in a sense, but still it makes sense because I can only focus in cafes, which has made it really hard to study. But anyways, where I am living currently, it's not a city. It's more of like sort of a suburb and there's not a lot of life around me all the time. And I thought that would mellow me out and sort of help calm me, but instead it just makes me more anxious because I'm more aware of everything that's going on around me and what I'm doing and what other people are doing. And so it had the opposite effect that I thought. But how was, the bottom line is, how was I supposed to know that, you know? I would never have known any of this if I didn't experience it. And I'm appreciative of my parents that they let me move out here and have this experience because I'll talk about this more in my another episode where I talk about the whole transfer situation but I just am grateful that they let me move out here and experience this because the self-growth I've done this year is insane the version of me in the beginning of the year and the version of me at the end of senior year and the version of me at the beginning of senior year and the version of me junior and sophomore year and freshman year are completely different people and I honestly don't recognize those people anymore but I empathize with them. I have to in order to move forward because when I realized that I felt so lonely and this place was not for me, it was so hard to come to terms with and I would just beat myself up. So having to learn how to be empathetic to myself has been a main sort of goal of mine for a while that I'm still constantly working on. But yeah, I'll talk about that more in another episode. So stay tuned. But for now, Let's just focus on sort of, I guess, how I've experienced loneliness in college, aside from the fact that I'm, you know, 3,000 miles away and have no family here and have had a hard time making connections and making friendships as anyone does in college. I think that there are reasons that you guys can relate to and that I can sort of get off my chest and maybe validate as to why I feel lonely. So some personal reasons, obviously I explained that I feel lonely due to location because I thought it would help my anxiety, but instead it's only stimulated it and made it worse because it's so calm around me. I have a problem with not being busy and not having work to do and just being. I am never content with the moment. I always am like looking for the next, looking for the next, looking for the next, and I can never just breathe. And when I do breathe, I feel very guilty for it, which I shouldn't, which is something I'm kind of working on I'm working on a lot of things right now if you couldn't tell but I am really bad with not having things around me and I learned that very quickly being here so that has definitely contributed to my experience being alone next this place that I'm in in California sort of reminds me of like a 30s and up community very old very retired I honestly just think I ultimately want to be in a city that's alive that doesn't look like i could walk one mile two miles three miles and nobody would know anything because i walk 20 minutes to cycling at least once a week and i swear to god i don't see anybody nobody sees me and something could happen to me and nobody would notice so that's freaky that's how little life and then i also go to a very large commuter school so basically if you're not familiar with commuter and that life in college 
those students just go home on the weekends and throughout the week you know that's also made it really hard for me to make connections so not only am I 3,000 miles away I'm in a completely new environment but the connections I have made or did make in the beginning it's really hard to maintain them and confirm those connections because I ask oh do you want to do this do you want to do that over the weekend do you want to study do you want to grab coffee do you want to go to the beach It's like, no, sorry, I'm going home, I have this, this, and this. No, sorry, I'm going home, I'm going this. Because they could all sort of maintain the jobs and the lives that they had in high school and carry that into college, whereas I've sort of had to start fresh alone. And the first and second quarter of school, because I'm on the quarter system, was basically filled with loneliness because I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm like, okay, it's the weekend. I see all my friends at big East Coast state schools having a blast. And I'm sitting here constantly alone in my dorm. So I've Ubered myself here and there. But again, that's expensive. I'm not going to Uber myself all over the place. Even though towards the end, I've sort of just said, you know what, fuck it. If I want to go to Laguna, I'm going to go. If I'm going to go here, that's 30 minutes away, I'm going to go there. Because it's going to bring me a little bit of peace and make it seem like there are people around me. So, you know what, you got to invest in yourself. You got to spend money on yourself every once in a while to feel a little bit of happiness. But... Before I learned how to spend time with myself, I felt so alone on the weekends and that would lead me to just do school all weekend because I need to distract myself or else I get into this sort of negative spiral. Long story short, I literally just felt so alone on the weekends and at the school in general because when you move from east to west coast, there's obviously culture shock that I didn't account for. I was like, oh, but they're so chill here. It's going to be so much fun. They're going to mellow me out. Obviously, that did not happen. Aside from the fact that there's no sort of city or surrounding life around the area that I'm in, it's just a culture difference between the people and and the lifestyle between East and West Coast that I didn't account for. I thought that I wanted to be more relaxed and learn to be more chill, but I figured out that I'm fundamentally just I like to be busy I need to be busy all the time in order to stay sane and sometimes yeah I get burnt out really easily but if I'm not busy I go crazy and I go into these insane negative depressive spirals so I need to be busy all the time and people here don't live like that which is fine there's literally nothing wrong with that and I wish I could be more relaxed and live like that but I can't being here and going through this I know I can't live like that it's sort of a difference between lifestyles that has sort of made me feel a distance between some of my classmates and me I just I like to get up and I go 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 and they're like oh I I haven't done my homework like in three weeks or oh I'm gonna go out this this and this and it's like yeah you're supposed to have fun in college you're supposed to go out but my therapist was like you're never gonna find anybody like you and that's true um you're never gonna find somebody that wakes up at 6 a.m to go work out and then is out at 11 p.m too It's really hard to find balance, but I'm hustling all day, every day. And I wouldn't want it any other way than that. But the problem is nobody around me is like me in that sense. So it's been really hard to navigate friendships and relationships and try and find people like me when there's just a fundamental difference in lifestyle. And I grew up in such an East Coast elite public school where it's like, if you're not doing 8,000 extracurriculars and if you're not waking up at the ass crack of dawn when you had practice from a national team the night before to study a little bit more or do a little bit more work 
then you're not doing it right, then you're not dedicating yourself to school, then you're not dedicating yourself to yourself, you're not dedicating yourself to your career, etc. That's the culture I grew up with. And here it was like, oh, I, I might do homework, maybe I'll go to the beach instead, I'll grab coffee, I'll get to it later. It's two different upbringings that clash. It doesn't work. I've had to learn that pretty much the hard way. I, don't get me wrong, I've literally made amazing friendships here, but it's taken a really long time for me to find my people, as it does at any school. But because of this lifestyle difference and upbringing difference and culture difference in how you live the day-to-day has put an additional barrier to making connections and has made me feel extremely lonely. So those were just some personal reasons as to why I felt lonely at college, but I think I'm going to go into now some of the general reasons why you might feel lonely at college. Let's start off with obviously it's a new city. You're moving somewhere, whether you're 10 minutes from home, whether you're two hours from home, whether you're 3,000 miles from home, you're somewhere new, right? You have to navigate that space and that's challenging and it's going to take time. And there are obviously going to be times where you are alone. And that's very common in college to feel alone. Maybe not to the capacity that I have or other people have. But regardless, you're going to a new place, navigating that basically by yourself. And you're definitely going to feel moments of isolation. In college, there's this sort of new idea that you have total control over your day. In high school, I thought I had this because I'm, I'm a very self-sufficient person. I would wake up, go to school, come home from school, drive myself here to study, here to practice, etc. I thought I had total control over my day, but once you leave high school, you don't realize the structure that it gave you. And that sort of, you know, 7.30, 8.30, whenever your school started, to 3, your day was planned out. And that's 7, 8 hours of your day, already gone for school. They plan it out. And you don't really have to think about it. And then the rest sort of comes naturally. Come home, do homework for like an hour, have some sort of extracurricular, come home, eat dinner, do a little bit of studying, go to sleep. I thought I had control over that. I thought I was structuring that, but it was already predetermined for me by the school system and by my parents who, you know, here and there will ask you to do something, go run an errand, we need more eggs, you know. Your parents would sort of also contribute to that day-to-day structure. So even though I thought I had control of my day, It wasn't until I got to college that I realized that I didn't have control of my day at the time. And now that I have full control, it's like, whoa, I get to decide everything I do. And my schedule doesn't depend on my sisters and my brothers or who needs the car. It's just me, which is crazy because I'm always used to like checking in with my mom. Oh, can I go here, here and here? Can I have the car? I'm going to go see friends. Can I do this, this and this? So now that I have total control of my day, I'm like, oh, shit. I've gone six hours today and I haven't talked to anybody. That's a big aspect of college that I think is really hard to come to terms with when you are just starting out. It's crazy because I I genuinely thought I had control over my days in high school, but it's nothing compared to here. I can literally do anything and the freedom is wonderful. I love it, but it's also given me too much power in the sense that when I get overwhelmed, stressed, in depressive episodes, I tend to self-isolate a lot. And because I don't, I don't want to see anybody. I'm so anxious. I just sort of like curl up in a ball and I just self-isolate. You won't see me for a day or two, maybe a week, two weeks, who knows? There's no one here to hold me accountable for self-isolating. No one, there's going to be nobody to drag you out basically. And I guess that brings me to my next point of 
why one might feel super lonely in college is that you're used to having a big friend group. You know, throughout high school, the majority of high school, I had a really big friend group. And I didn't realize how much I relied on that friend group, not only for my own happiness, but also for my own social interaction until I left. I relied on them a lot to drag me out. When I was in depressive episodes, one of my friends would always call me and be like, there'd always be plans, there'd always be something to do. Be like, oh, hey, we're going to grab dinner here, or hey, we're meeting at this person's house to study, or we're going to do this, this, and go to this party this weekend. I was like, oh, I don't really feel like it. They'd be like, come on, you're going. And then I would reluctantly go, and I'd have fun. And I didn't realize how much I relied on my friend group for my social stimulation, because while I've become sort of introverted, I would consider myself a pretty social person, and COVID definitely taught me that I need social interaction to be happy. So aside from the fact that I literally sometimes go maybe seven hours of my day not talking to anybody in the morning, which by the time seven hours is done, it's afternoon. But also in the beginning of college, I didn't make those types of friends that I needed that were stimulating me in that way, that after I was done talking to them, I had more energy, you know, energy givers versus energy takers. My big friend group, eventually became an energy taker for me but throughout high school they were energy givers like I would go home and I'd still feel buzzed from hanging out with them you know I relied on them for social plans social interactions so when I got to college and I was all by myself I was like how do I do this you know how do I make friends and find friends that are going to give me the social stimulation I need respect my boundaries but also drag my ass out when I need to And I've made some of those friends, trust me, that drag me out. But it's really hard for me to drag myself out, basically. And that's something I've had to learn. This also leads to, you know, another common way that we can feel, people can feel lonely in college, is that in college, you know, you get here and most people are like, oh shit, this is real. Maybe you didn't take high school so seriously, but you get to college and you are in the books, right? You go school-oriented, school or nothing, you prioritize school over everything, that leads you to feel pretty lonely. I was also very much guilty of this in the beginning of college. I was like, oh shit, it's real. I took high school very seriously, so I was like, this is the big leagues. I can't can't mess up now. Can't slack off now, you know? Just because you made it here doesn't mean you get to mess around and let your grades slip. No, you need to focus on school. And that was great and all until it was a Saturday night And I had nobody texting me, asking me to go out or, you know, I had no plans. I had no friends to make plans with. And it was in the middle of quarter two. And which for reference was like, I don't know, like January, February. It's like in the middle, beginning, middle of quarter two. And I realized that I hadn't prioritized enough time to being social, which caused me to feel lonely. And I feel that a lot of people could be guilty of this as well because getting to college the schoolwork the school load is a shock the environment the competitive environment is a shock it's very easy to become all consumed with school and not prioritize social interaction and making friendships and building friendships which has caused me to be very lonely and i regret that and moving forward i have really focused on prioritizing the friends that i've made here not only because I'm leaving, but because I realize that that's an important part of my life that I I don't want to miss out on. 
I don't want to look back 10 years and see all my friends having these amazing college experiences. I want to be able to relate to and have those experiences. I want those experiences to be with people, you know? It's only natural. I would like some social interaction. (laughs) And, you know, in college, I've never felt more alone than I have since I've been here. And I can't prioritize socializing all the time. It's really hard for me to step away from school, to be honest. I feel extremely guilty. But once I do and I get a little distracted once in a while, you know, it's it's healthy. It's good for me. And I need to stop feeling pressure and guilt for prioritizing those things and just let myself experience life outside of my computer screen. In order to do this, I've also had to redefine what productivity is, which will be a whole nother episode, but I'll just give you a synopsis right now. Being productive isn't always school being productive is doing whatever makes you feel good that's what productivity should be because i think i've let the sort of societal construction of productivity and what we have defined as productivity on social media to control my narrative of what i think productivity should be when in reality i've had to learn that productivity isn't getting the assignment done Because if I'm miserable and I can't focus and I'm sitting there doing the assignment for hours when it should take me maybe 10 minutes, that's not being productive. Being productive is taking the break and recognizing that I need the break and I need to go see somebody to make myself feel good. That's productive. Being unproductive is me just sitting there. Like today, I was doing my essay and I, I was just staring at it and I was starting to see spots on my computer because I couldn't look at it anymore. And I was like, I am just tired. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. Doing this is not good. So I came back. I went to my dorm. I journaled for a little bit. Should have taken a nap because I'm exhausted. I took two melatonin. I'm honestly surprised that I haven't fallen asleep yet talking. But yeah, I'm watching 16 Candles. The best movie ever. My favorite movie. If you haven't watched 16 Candles with Molly Ringwald, not Debbie Ryan. Please do not watch 16 Candles with Debbie Ryan. Watch it with Molly Ringwald that's the best movie ever. I stand by that. Please go watch it. It's on Hulu. And if you haven't watched it, you have to watch it because it is my favorite movie of all time and it's the best. But anyways, so where was I? Oh yes, defining productivity. That's productive to me right now. I'm not getting schoolwork done right now. Hell no. My head hurts. I'm tired. It it has not been my day. The anxiety spiral is getting to me a lot, but it's okay because... I'm going to deal with it, hopefully. And I'll discuss the way I deal with it in a totally new episode, uh, which hasn't come out and won't come out for a while because I'm still trying to figure it out. I can't figure it out. If somebody has tips, you let me know. Defining, redefining productivity has been something that I've had to do in order to not be lonely. And it's what has enabled me to feel lonely and enabled me to get out of feeling lonely. This sort of leads me into the advice session. How I have found ways to not feel lonely in college and not feel lonely in life in general. Aside from redefining productivity, there are going to be sort of two main pieces of advice that I'm going to go through. The first one is letting yourself be by yourself. Now, you have to hear me out. You're you're going to be like, Francesca, but that's just being alone. Yes, but also you're learning how to spend time with yourself. Back in high school, anytime I would sort of be by myself, I was always doing work, you know? I wasn't actually getting to know myself 
which sounds weird. You know, I always see these things online. It's like, take yourself on a date. And I was like, that's so fucking stupid. I'm not doing that. But it is not stupid. I've had to learn how to not rely on others for social activities. I've had to learn how not to rely on other people for fun. Because when I do that, that's sort of relying on other people for my happiness in a sense. And that's a big lesson I've had to learn is that how can I rely on myself to get the social interaction, to get the sort of lonely feeling out of my system instead of relying on other people to do it for me. So learning how to be by yourself is one way you can do that. Now, obviously when you're by yourself, I've mentioned that I sort of go into these negative spirals you feel naturally uncomfortable because I'm used to having my I'm a family I have two other siblings my parents there's always somebody yelling in the house I've had a big friend group growing up there were always people around me right so now that I'm alone it's it's really uncomfortable it's really easy for me to get lost in my own thoughts and spiral in a terrible rabbit hole of self-hatred depression anxiety I just get really overwhelmed with life and I sort of just shut down and I cry on the spot. I just feel so fragile in those moments, and today I definitely had one of those moments. I just feel like the whole world can crumble in two seconds. So the first piece of advice is that you have to, when you go down those rabbit holes, because you will, naturally, if you are alone for the first time in your whole life, you need to recognize the, the spiral and need to let yourself feel it. Because at first, I was just trying to distract myself, which is the second part of the advice. And you can distract yourself in a good way, and I'll get to that in a minute. But at first, I, was, I wasn't I was recognizing that I was in the depressive episode, that I was in the spiral, that I was in this sort of anxiety hole. And I would I'd say, push through, do work, do work, do this, do that. And I wouldn't let myself feel it. So if you're alone and you start spiraling in your own thoughts, and you sort of get lost in your head, just take a minute, recognize that you feel that over, you feel overwhelmed, that you feel super stressed, super nervous, super anxious, whatever it may be that you're having those feelings, maybe write them down. When I journal, I don't have a prompt, I just write whatever comes to mind. So maybe you can start blurbing out what you're thinking, get it off your chest. The important part is just to recognize and validate your own feelings because sometimes you need to go through the spiral to get out of the negative thoughts to get out of the disordered thoughts in the past i didn't sort of validate anything that i was thinking i'd i'd honestly gaslight myself i'd be like now nah, you're being so dramatic or i would just literally invalidate myself completely and convince myself that what i was feeling was ridiculous and it didn't exist and i should just move on and grow up not even that, just like stop being a baby, but that's so wrong to do. And <laughs> I'm trying to validate myself more in what I'm going through. But I think that letting yourself go through the spiral when you're alone and acknowledging what you're feeling is the first step to getting out of any sort of negative loophole you might be in. Because you need to recognize that you're struggling through something in order to move on. I would definitely let yourself feel those emotions. That's definitely helped me. My therapist talks about sort of scheduling time to break down. And I know that sounds stupid. Don't put in your Google Calendar, cry at 1045. You know, don't do that. But if you're feeling really upset and you just need to let it out, you're just going to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour. I'm going to let it out and I'm going to see how I feel. If I need another hour, I'm going to take another hour. And you know, after an hour, 
I maybe I feel like I'm ready, I'm good to go. I've got it out of my system. I journaled, I cried, I called my mom, you know. I did what I needed to do to feel those emotions, process those emotions, validate those emotions, and now I'm ready to move on. That's the goal of acknowledging the spiral, to get out of it by letting yourself be in it and not ignoring it and pushing it aside. That is definitely something that's helped me feel less lonely because then I was ready to reach out to people and to be a better friend, to be a better person to be around, to be better company. Before you go looking for social interactions, you need to look into yourself and say, am I ready to make those connections right now or am I going through something and I need a minute, right? You don't want to go and hang out with somebody or reach out to somebody and then sit there and have sort of an internal panic attack or be a bitch or like a shitty friend because you're not able to give your full authentic self when you have this negative fog going on in the front of your brain that's preventing you from being you. So letting yourself go down that spiral is okay and it is encouraged and I hate when people are like just get over it because that's stupid. The only way to get over it is there's no getting over it. You got to go through it. The first step that has helped me not feel lonely is to just go through the emotions. Do whatever you need to do. I, like I said, I journal, I read, I sometimes will try and take naps. I go on walks. I call my mom. I reach out to those supports that make me feel comfortable. Whatever helps you process emotions best. I suggest making a list of ways that you have felt are good coping mechanisms for when you feel negative emotions or you might feel this negative spiral when you're alone so that you always know what to do in those instances instead of having to think about it it should be sort of just like a reflex like i probably call my mom way too much but it's okay (laughs) she doesn't mind she shouldn't mind at least but (laughs) um yeah having that list is definitely helpful and will make you feel less alone once you feel those emotions so yeah Part two would be to distract yourself. Now, when I say distract yourself, I don't mean ignore what you're going through. I mean, if you're like me and you need to keep busy to avoid the rabbit hole for a little bit or to feel like yourself, you, you need to stay busy. Some things that have definitely helped me are, you know, if you know that no one's going to be around this weekend and you're going to be alone, have a day for yourself. If you like to be, you know, in a certain area or you want to learn how to spend time for yourself, block out a portion of that day and go do things that you love. Plan an adventure, go work out, go to the beach, go read, have an entire day by yourself. I do this all the time. The other day I went to Laguna all by myself, which is like 30 minutes. I went and I went to a coffee shop. I did my work. I walked around. I went shopping. I went to the beach. I read. I did it all by myself. I didn't would it, would it have been nice to have somebody there? Yes, but I'm so done with relying on other people to do things with me because I've had to learn the hard way that if I do that, I'm never going to do the fun things that I want to experience. So learning how to spend time with yourself is crucial to not feeling alone. Building a relationship with yourself, learning what you like and you don't like because I thought I knew what I liked and I didn't like before I came to college, but that's I've had to navigate that space myself and sort of figure out, oh, I don't like going to this location, or, hmm, this coffee's terrible, or, hmm, I can't work in this environment, I have to go somewhere else. You know, spending, the more time you spend with yourself, the better you're going to get to know yourself, and the more, or the less you're going to have to rely on other people for that sort of day-to-day fulfillment. 
whether that be social, whether that be just going at a different location, you know, learning how to just rely on yourself is sort of taken a load off my shoulders and eased the tension, you know, I used to be really stressed going into weekends where I would be alone. I'd be like, oh my god, no one's going to be here. I'm, I'm alone. Like, all my friends are leaving. They're going home. I'm freaking out. But now I'm just like, okay, none of my friends are going to be here. That sucks. But now I can go try that cafe I wanted to try or go to the bookstore I wanted to go to, to you know? You know, I talked about earlier having total control of your day is freaky and it's uncomfortable, but this is sort of a way to help navigate that in a more constructive manner and to help you feel less lonely. So my biggest piece of advice would be to make a list of three activities that make you really happy, whether it's... I always reference reading because that's my main hobby, but also going on a walk. I don't know, I'm really unoriginal with these, but three little activities. Maybe you knit, maybe you sew, maybe you play an instrument, three little things that give you some sort of pure happiness and fulfillment in life, and then three places that you like to go. For example, I really like to go and try different coffee shops, rest in peace my bank account, but I like to try different coffee shops on the weekend around the area that I'm in, or I like to take spin classes. I like to try spin classes everywhere I go. Those are some small activities and experiences I like to have, and being able to find that in a new space has created some sort of normalcy that's close to my life at home that has helped me feel a little bit less lonely and a little bit more connected to who I used to be at home and the activities that I like to do at home. The main takeaway from that was just learn how to be by yourself. It takes time and it's been really hard. You know, going on some sort of solo adventure while it's so romanticized on social media, it's It can feel sad at times, but it's been a really big learning curve and it's helped me feel less alone in school. And so hopefully this, those pieces of advice can help you feel less alone. Another obvious part or piece of advice into being less lonely in college is to put yourself out there. Now, I'm not going to tell you to join clubs because it's unrealistic and I'll tell you why. A lot of times people join clubs, you know, It's for one of two reasons. One is that they want to advance their career. A lot of clubs in college are very career-oriented. And for, like, example, the American Medical Association, it's very goal-focused, career-oriented, and you're 99.9%. Sure, you're interested in medicine, obviously, if you're joining the club, but it's more so to advance your career. Now, the second sort of reason why Joining a club wouldn't be my first piece of advice is because how many people actually attend club meetings? Nobody that I know. In the beginning, I swear I signed up for a million clubs. I have not been to one meeting besides my sorority because that's mandatory. But going to meetings is really hard. And also they have a lot of cancellations, honestly. I get meetings. It's like, oh, meeting canceled this week. Oh, meeting canceled this week. I'm like, why did I even join? But regardless, would I have gone anyways? Debatable. Joining a club, I don't think, is the best way to meet people unless it's sort of some sort of immersive club. Sorry, I'm yawning. Oh my god. The two melatonin is hitting. (laughs) But what was I saying? Oh yeah. Joining a club isn't my go-to piece of advice because you're joining it, you're either joining it to advance your career or if you're joining it, you have a genuine interest, you know, how often are you going to those meetings? Be realistic with me and yourself those meetings are just spamming your inbox more than anything else. You're not going to go to those meetings. 
the best piece of advice I can give anybody going into college that wants to build a social network and feel less lonely is to be friends with people you've met in class. That has grown my social network here and friends here more than anything ever, any club has ever done. And my sorority has brought me amazing friends and people I can relate to, but the best friendships I've made thus far have been through class. Whether I just sat next to them because I I was like, oh, she looks cool. Let me just sit next to her in this giant lecture hall. Or I'm in tutoring. I've met a lot of people through the tutoring service that my school offers because it's a smaller class size. So I'm able to meet people and relate to people that are sort of in my major, which is good and bad. You know, you don't want to have all, if you're a STEM major, like having all biology friends isn't good, but it's also good in that you could have people to relate to because the major is so hard. It's good to have a network of people that understand where you're going through and for support. And I've built that network slowly but surely through the classes that I've had. Just sitting next to people and asking, oh, like, I really want to study for this test. Like, I'm really struggling. Or, hey, did you do the homework? I really need help. That's been, honestly, the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody going into college. Make friends with the people you sit next to in class. I don't care if the lecture hall is 30 people or 400 because I've been in both sit next to somebody that you think looks kind of cool or that maybe you know from a friend or you'd seen on social media but you hadn't really connected because before you go to college there's that weird awkward period where everyone's sort of reaching out to everybody on like the connected pages and it's just really awkward and you get to college and you see these people that you've looked at all summer in person and it's super weird and super uncomfortable and I wonder what my parents would do if they went to college with cell phones because when they went it wasn't like that which I think is super weird but I got to college and I was like I stalked your Instagram so let me sit next to you in class is that weird does that make me sound weird I don't know I feel like everyone does it maybe not sit next to somebody I stalked but you know what I mean like you see them on social media on the connected pages and you're like oh okay I'm gonna sit next to you you look kind of cool you know it's that that's not really organic, but making sort making organic connections in class has been the best way for me to make friends. And it's also led me to people who have cars, which is always a plus at the school. But yeah, go meet people uh, in class and ask them to go do something outside because chances are they're just as lonely as you. They need social connection, social interaction just as much as you because I think that's something I often forget too that other people are going through the same shit because I often feel like it's just me. Uh, I think, oh, it's just you that's going through that. It's just you that's feeling super lonely. Nobody else feels as lonely as you because they have, you know, like a car or they live 10 minutes away or, you know, this, this, and this. It's fucking pity party over here. (laughs) But I'm like, no, nobody feels the way you're feeling. But in reality, most college kids feel super lonely in their freshman year. Freshman year is hard, period. And I have to remind myself of that because I honestly think I'm the only one going through anything at all times, which is a terrible trait. I'm like, oh, they're probably having their best life. I shouldn't. I'm going down. It's time to wrap this up. That was a big ass yawn. But yeah, I often think that I'm the only one feeling lonely in college when that's ridiculous. But yeah, put yourself out there. Literally just introduce yourself to the person next to you and I'm telling you, they're feeling just as nervous as you are. And if they're not, they're fucking weird. 
if they're like super cocky because I've met people like that too I'm like oh what's your major and I'm like oh biology and he goes oh mine's biomechanical engineering that's way harder than you somebody has literally said that to me while I've been here and I'm like okay you or you're done I'm not sitting next to you anymore I can't because obviously when you're starting out in a STEM major you have to go through all the weeder classes and it's like earth system sciences biology public health nursing like we're all combined in the beginning and then when you hear someone say that you're like I don't think I want to be friends with you and that's okay you're gonna meet people and you're gonna realize that there's no connection there and that it's just either a study friend or you meet someone and they're like, oh, just a party friend. I think learning how to compartmentalize friendships, that's a whole other topic. But that's something that's also helped me feel less lonely because I feel like in high school I used to rely on everybody in my friend group for everything. Like, oh, I'm supposed to tell everybody everything because you all serve the same role in my life. You need to know everything. When in reality, in college, I've learned to sort of compartmentalize friends. Oh, if I want to party, I'm going to contact you. Oh, if I want to just relax and watch a movie, I'm going to contact you. Oh, if I want to go on a study date and grab coffee, I'm going to contact you, you know. Finding and categorizing those friends to fit specific needs is really helpful to feeling less lonely and to also preserving your energy, which will be another episode. I got a lot of ideas, guys. They're in the works, I promise you. I guess this is where I wrap it up. Um, That's all I have for feeling lonely in college. If you would like to see more on this topic or you like this topic feel free to follow and leave a comment on the instagram at everything all at once pod and also the tiktok i'm going to be posting trailer episodes every friday and the topic will be released every wednesday and then obviously this episode is being released on a sunday so i really hope uh you enjoyed this and give it a five stars if you want if not totally cool you know i get it But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Sunday.
and have had a hard time making connections and making friendships as anyone does in college I think that there are reasons that you guys can relate to and that I can sort of get off my chest and maybe validate as to why I feel lonely so some personal reasons obviously I explained that I feel lonely due to location because I thought it would help my anxiety but instead it's only stimulated it and made it worse because it's so calm around me I have a problem with not being busy and not having work to do and just being.